0: Well, welcome to the first episode of The Jesus Podcast. My name's Matt Garner. I'm going to be your host. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be chatting. We're going to be uh, having fun here, and we're going to be challenged. We're going to be inspired. We're going to be convicted. We're going to be encouraged. We're going to be a whole lot of things <laughs> through this through this podcast But I'm just super glad and thankful that I get the opportunity to share this with you. I want to honor you and just take the time to just say that it means a lot to me that you'd click and listen to this uh, podcast. My name is Matt Garner. I'm uh, the lead pastor of Empower Church, a church in Melbourne, Australia. And, uh, And we are on this wild journey as a church community in just following Jesus. And so this podcast is a... I suppose it's just kind of uh, a little more content that we want to release to you and to the world uh, uh, aside from our our Sunday service podcast that we release the teaching from every Sunday where we just really focus and we drill down a little bit deeper uh, into who Jesus is, into what that means for us and uh, also how we can apply it and be the kingdom of God in the world. And so we, I unapologetically want to let you know that that's the reason why this is called the Jesus. This is all about Jesus. It's called Jesus because it's about him. And uh, we're just excited to be able to share these thoughts as we really come back to a, a pure focus in church life, a pure focus in our Christianity and in our faith with God around him. And so I want you to fasten your seatbelt. I want you to get ready. I want you to have an open heart because it's my prayer that this podcast would be challenging, that it would be inspiring, that it would be encouraging. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would bring conviction. I'm praying that it would be, it would renew your thinking. I'm praying that it would get you to ask some big questions about how and who you are as the kingdom of God, as his body, Jesus's body in the earth. And so that's my prayer. That's my goal. That's my aim. But before we start, can we just pray? Come on, would you open up your heart? Would you let the glory of God, would you let the manifest presence of Jesus just feel wherever you are? You might be going for a run right now. You might be you might be exercising, maybe you're on public transport, maybe you're just at home, but would you just take this opportunity and just, just still your heart and just focus on the person of Jesus. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus right now and we put our tension, our focus, we put everything that we are, Father, we just silence the, the noise, we silence the pressures of this world, we silence the... The sound, Father, that would try to um, try to distract us from you. And right now in this moment, Jesus, we humbly come before you. We yield ourselves to you today. Lord, I'm asking in this moment from this very first episode, I'm asking today, would you let your glory move so powerfully? I'm asking, Father, that your anointing would come and touch every single life. I'm asking, Jesus, I'm asking, Father, that you would would change us from the inside out. Lord, and we we ask for your forgiveness, Father, where we've made our Christianity about everything else but you. And we truly do humble ourselves and we ask for you to change us, God. Father, would your name be glorified and magnified? Lord, at the end of our lives, we don't want people to be remembering our name. We don't want them to be remembering the name of Matt Garner. We don't want them to be remembering the name of a brand. But Father, when they speak about our lives, we want them to think of Jesus. We want them to think of you. And so we, Father, come with a pure heart and we lay ourselves down before you. We ask, Lord, in your resurrection power, would you raise us up in this time to be your hands and your feet? Father, influencing and being salt and light into every single sphere of our society, in politics, in commerce, in health and education, Father, in homes, Lord, in every facet, Lord, I pray that you would raise up Jesus, people. You would raise up a Jesus movement again, Father, to see your kingdom come and to see your will be done. Let the glory, the manifest presence of God in the person of Jesus come and move in our hearts afresh today in Jesus name amen well Jesus has me on this really wild journey as I mentioned before and uh and what's so crazy is that it seems weird to say that I have this new orientation in my faith it seems really weird to say Uh, that i have this new orientation this new center of my faith and my life and and it's around him and that says a lot it's around jesus that says a lot about the power of religion familiarity professional christianity and friend that is a trap and also i can't stand pointing fingers but also need to be a man that is using thumbs, not fingers, and take responsibility for my own mistakes. Which, let me tell you, there have been many. And I want to be honest, and I want you to hear my heart. This, this, this um, whole journey that we're on is not a journey around criticizing the current church. But it's about acknowledging that God is raising up a new wineskin in the earth. And friend, we've got to be flexible. We've got to be moldable. We've got to be open to what the spirit is doing. We've got to be open to what the spirit is doing and allow him to move through us and allow him to move for us and allow him to move in us in a new way. Friend, I'm not here pointing fingers out there. I'm just taking responsibility for my own life, for my own Christianity, And so whenever I talk about the church out there, it's because that's what I've become in so many ways. And that's why I'm sharing these thoughts with you, because I am on this journey where I'm saying, Lord, would you help me to change? Would you give me a moldable heart, moldable thinking, flexible thinking, humble heart, where you can change me and you can use me in the future? There's been so many mistakes that I've made personally. There's so many things where I've been busy doing Christianity, being busy being a a busy pastor. And whilst there's work attached to all those sorts of things and I'm not undermining the good things that God has done through my life, I'm so thankful for all of the opportunities in all of the seasons, in all of the churches and organizations and all of the leaders that I've sat under. I'm so thankful for those seasons of my life. And friend, this isn't anything to do about organizations or anything like that. This is everything to do with my heart you know, we love our themes, we love our little hooks, we love the clever things of of church life to try to engage people, which by itself isn't all bad. But sometimes I wonder if we value the accessories that we try to put on Jesus rather than Jesus himself. I remember many years ago, there was a pastor, um, there was a pastor, this is back when I was uh, living in another in, in another part of the world and um, there was a there was a pastor that used to love those prophetic catchy slogans and so for example every year he would release one it was like if it was 2011 he'd be like 2011 we will see heaven you know of course 2009 was the year of the divine and it was quite funny to be honest because um, as a young cheeky youth pastor believe it or not I was that um, with my peers, we used to love, um, we used to love coming up with random, just ones all the time. Some of them were completely inappropriate, which I've had to repent of since. Um, (laughs) but we used to love, uh, and think it was hilarious. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that these themes are bad. I'm just saying that they aren't always necessary. And it just it just caught me it caught my interest to think about how this guy would come up with something um, every single year uh, because he kind of felt that he probably had to. And as I said, themes aren't bad; things are good. God speaks in that way. Uh, God does speak in that way. I'm just saying that sometimes these things, when we do them just for the sake of doing them, they actually self-sabotage our primary message, which is Jesus. And often these words of the year, they're words like power, glory, breakthrough, acceleration, fire, overcome, you know, uh, all these sorts of things, which are really great words, and I love them and gen- genuinely I want them to con- I want to continue to believe for these things in our communities. But it surprises me that we rarely hear themes that are things like servanthood, humility, others first, sacrifice, persecution, suffering, even discipleship. I mean, imagine your pastor getting up in late Jan, early Feb, division month and announcing our prophetic word for the year is, are you ready? Are you ready? You know, you can just imagine him or her Uh, you know, the crowd being whipped up into a frenzy, the media team are ready to play that epic video opener that they're about to do, and your pastor gets up there, or you get up there as the pastor or leader, and you say, the theme that the Lord has given for, for me, for our community, for our church this year, is sacrifice. Silence. Imagine the silence. Hear my heart. I'm not, I'm not Uh, I'm sure at some stage we all have different words that we rally around and, and they're powerful and they're important and God uses them. But my point is that often Western church rally around his hand instead of his face. The Western Pentecostal church specifically are really good at this. We rally around the hand of Jesus instead of the face of Jesus. What do I mean by that? I mean we rally around the thing that God has said that is already ours already. Think about Matthew chapter 6 where they're in where uh, the people Jesus is teaching and he's saying, hey you look at the, the the birds of the air. you look at the birds they don't even they're not worrying about where the next food's coming from. you think of the lilies of the field they're more beautiful than anything that you've ever seen, but they're not worried about tomorrow. And he's trying to say, and then it it crescendos that specific teaching in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these hands, all this stuff in my hand will be added unto you. And instead we rally around the hand of Jesus rather than the face of Jesus. And my challenge and really what I'm just trying to lay, lay, I suppose, a foundation for the, today as you're listening is that we've got to rally around his face. If we're to be his, uh, the bride of Christ, the bride doesn't look at, into his hand, it gazes into his eyes. My big question to you is, are you looking at his hand or are you looking at his face? Are you pastor setting up a culture that looks at the hand of Jesus or looks at the face of Jesus? Are you mum or dad? Are you setting up a, a uh, belief system in your home that says, well, we've just got to keep believing for this hand? Or are you, are you setting up a belief system in your home and in, with your children and with your children's children that says, we've got to look at the face of Jesus? Why? Because he's the whole thing and he's the greatest dilemma with the prosperity gospel. Does God want to bless you? I believe that he does. But friend, does God say that we're going to go through things in this life? Absolutely yes. The problem with the prosperity gospel, I believe, is that we preach it in such a way that it makes us feel, that it makes the person sitting in the seat on a, in a Sunday service feel like my life needs to be perfect, otherwise God is not present. But friend, that is such a lie from the devil. And as a result, we pursue the hand of Jesus and we sell ourselves short because really the power of our Christianity and the power of our faith, the power of who we're called to be in the community is not found in his hand. It's found in his face. It's seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first Jesus himself, the king of the kingdom. And friend, this is so important. We as his bride are not called to look at the hand. We're called to gaze and stare intently. Uh, stare with kind of this sense of discipline and love and adoration into the very face of Jesus. You might say, Matt, well, how do we do that? How I think the first thing is that you've got to you've got to invite the Holy Spirit into your world. The Holy Spirit's primary role is to reveal to you Jesus. And so come on right now, even in this moment, I just feel that God wants to do something even right now. A few minutes into this podcast, into this episode, even right now, the Holy Spirit wants to do something. How do we do that? How do how do we how do how do we work out whether we're looking at his hand or his face or how do we shift to being someone that looks in his face? We've got to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you diagnose the issues of our heart right now? As we open up to you, would you diagnose? Would you speak to our heart? Would you shine that flashlight upon us? And would you change us? Holy Spirit, Come on, pray this prayer. Say, show me, show me what my heart is looking at. Show me what my heart is looking at. As the Holy Spirit begins to reveal that to you, you'll begin to see whether it's revealing the stuff that Jesus can do or himself. See, and this is why Jesus, like when you think about it, come on, just just go with me. This is important. This is why the disciples in their journey, Jesus says, said on multiple occasions, but he said, you know, he, he was speaking about how the crowds were going to come and go. The crowds were going to come and go. But you've got to choose to stay looking at the face of Jesus despite what the crowds are doing. Despite what public consensus is doing, Father, give us that ability to stay looking at your face. John chapter 14 verse 9 says, "Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father." How can you say, "Show us the Father?" That's what Jesus is saying. Anyone that's seen me has seen the Father. So you want to you want to be someone that seeks God first, then how do you do that? You've got to look to the person of Jesus. Friend, life must be all about him. Your career must be about him. Family must orientate around him. Ministry must be about him. Church life must be about him. It must all be about him. It must all be for him. And it must ultimately all be to him. The entire biblical narrative revolves around Jesus. He is the fulcrum by which biblical and divine activity revolves, the centerpiece and glory of all creation, the pivot point of two covenants, two ways of accessing God, death and life. Everything is about him. Man, I am feeling Jesus right now. In fact, everything exists through him and it exists by him. He holds it all together. Man, the, the the your body right now would explode into a billion pieces if it were not for Jesus. He holds your life together. Even the physical things in the world, the tree that you can see, the chair that you're sitting on, he holds it. It exists in him and through him. Friend, as the world fractures, as nations rise and fall, as markets crash, as they fall and rise, the world seems unusually unstable at this moment. But friend, I want to tell you, Jesus remains stable. He remains reliable and in control. He remains above it all. As those things... Worldly things begin to break right before our eyes as governments that we've thought are extremely stable as nations that we've looked to as the benchmark for democracy and leadership are fractured and broken and breaking right before our eyes. It exposes as the world breaks right before our eyes, it is exposing what we really rely on. And God is making a shift in the earth and bringing his bride, the church, to a pure focus that is upon him. The bride staring into the eyes of the bridegroom. The church gazing at Christ. The saints with their eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of their faith, Jesus. And friend, this is an invitation to see him, to see him. This is an invitation to behold him. This is an invitation to love him in a new way. This is an invitation friend to go on a journey with us as a church community to go on us uh, go go with us on this journey of reorientating our faith around him. Please hear my heart I'm pleading with you don't hear what I'm not saying. We as a church community love gathering on Sundays. Organization goes into that. There are different things that go into that. We preach series where we have graphics for and we have different bits and pieces. I'm not saying that we undo Sundays. I'm saying, I'm just asking us that our Sundays and our entire Christianity is about him. I heard Pastor Danny Guglielmucci say it like this. And use this terminology, churchianity versus Christianity. And friend, what God is doing is God is raising up. God is raising up. God is doing something that's stirring in the hearts of believers right now. To say, I want to break away from a life that orientates a relationship with Jesus that orientates around churchianity. And I want to be someone that my life is in that churchianity bucket. I don't want to be, uh, sorry, Christianity. I don't want to be in that churchianity where everything's just about and leads back to Sunday churches, Sunday services. I want to be someone that's life, leads and revolves and is committed to Jesus, committed to him, focused on him. And friend, it is challenging, isn't it? It is challenging to be the person that God is calling us to be. It's extremely challenging. But friend, I want to tell you, it is extremely powerful. God is raising up a new wineskin in the earth. God is doing something incredible. He is doing something powerful. He's doing something in the church. He's doing something in the church where I believe we're going to see a rise of evangelism. We're going to see a rise of Jesus' people in the world bringing the kingdom of God. And that's really what this podcast is about. This is it is about trying to help you to understand that church is one part of what we do, but you better be building your life upon that secure foundation that is Jesus. You better be building your life. You better be building your life, just like Matthew chapter seven verses twenty four to twenty seven tells us that story. Uh, Jesus, the parable, crescendoing, bringing it all together, the Sermon on the Mount, and he says you got to build your house upon a rock. You got to build your house upon a good foundation, which is the rock. Don't build it on the sandy land. Why? Because the storm will come. That's what he says. The storm will come. And friend, I'm trying to storm proof your life through these thoughts to let you know that, Church is going to come, church is going to go. Leaders are going to come, they're going to disappoint you. Friend, I'm just here, my hand is up the highest, I'm imperfect. If your Christianity revolves around my words, if your faith in Jesus revolves around what I have to say, around who I am, then I'm going to let you down. You're building your life and your faith in him on a on a sandy land. You've got to build it on Jesus. You've got to build it on who he is. You've got to build it. Why? Because we're going to, humanity, humans, Matt Garner, we are going to let you down. And friend, that's why you've got to build your life upon the rock, which is Jesus. And friend, in closing, that's what this is about. It's about us building our lives upon him. Nothing else can substitute except building our lives upon Jesus. We've got to build upon him. We've got to build upon him because when the storms come and they do come, when the pressures come and they do come, it exposes what our life is built on. It exposes the weak foundation that we've built our life upon and so my prayer is simply that we would really come and we would come and that we would orientate ourselves around jesus in a new and in a fresh way come on would you pray with me father we want to look at your face and, Father, in this in this time, it's my prayer. It's the prayer for our church community. It's prayer for believers all around the world that Jesus is rising up and doing something in their hearts. It's my prayer, Jesus, that we would be the church that would look at your face and hold your hand. We would look at your face, Father, because it's the beauty of your holiness that transforms us from the inside out. We would hold your hand, Father, because... Like a good shepherd, we know that you're going to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. And so, Jesus, I'm asking today for a new revelation of who you are. Holy Spirit, would you help us to see Jesus in a new way? Would you help us to see who he is? Holy Spirit, a third person of the Godhead, would you come and reveal Jesus to us? Jesus, we worship you. Come on, would you just take a moment, just worship him right now. We worship your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. We surrender our lives to you today, Jesus. Would you let your glory just come right now as we humble ourselves and worship you? Lord, as we just lay aside all the the gimmicks and we lay aside all the, all the, the clever things of church life and we just still our heart before the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Jesus, would you be glorified and would you come and sit on the throne of our hearts again? sit on the throne, Father. We lay down career and wealth and money and worldly security and we just ask you to come again. You're the Lord. You're the King. You're the only way, Father. You're the bread. You're the light. You're the shepherd, the good shepherd. You're the gate by which we enter. You are the way and the truth and the life. And maybe you're listening to this and the Holy Spirit's doing a work in your heart like he is mine. And you're just sensing right now that you just need to come before him you need to ask Jesus to forgive you I'm not even talking about whether you're saved or not saved that's between you and him but you feel in this moment God just leading you in your heart to say Lord would you forgive me I've been living in churchianity but my life needs to be revolving around you and so come on would you just pray you can just pray this prayer in your own words at your own time but just pray these words Jesus I look to you I take my eyes off the things of the world and I look to you I humbly bow low before you King of all kings and Lord of all lords and I ask for you to change me I can't change on my own all the willpower in the world is not enough to defeat the sinfulness that's in my life. But Jesus, would you come and wash me clean? Would you make me a new creation? Thank you, Father, that the old is dead and gone, but the new has come. And Jesus, I give you my whole heart. As a pastor, as a leader, as a father, as a parent. Jesus, as your child, I give you my whole heart. Use me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, it's been a powerful time. And I'm super excited about uh, the next few episodes. So make sure you click subscribe. And uh, keep up to date with what's going on. And we look forward to chatting to you really soon. If you want more information about what you do, what we're doing, um, you can even shoot me an email, matt at empowerchurch.co. Don't add the M. That'll go to some other random church that's not us. Um, or head to our website, empowerchurch.co. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to say hi. We'd love to pray for you, stand with you, believe with you. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Jesus-focused day.